Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Alex. I'm the pastor here at Ridgeview, and we're so glad that you're here to join us. As Pablo mentioned, uh, we're in the second week of a series that we launched last week called The Generous Life. And so today we're going to be digging into more of God's plan for us in terms of our resources and how we approach our life and the things that, that we've been given. Uh, but I want to start with a, with a question to, to all of you today. Have you ever uh, been dehydrated to the point where, you know, you, it's been a while since you've taken any water or Gatorade and, and you've been working hard at some sort of physical activity or yard work and you just find yourself like, man, I do not feel too good. I'm a little lightheaded. I'm a little dizzy. Um, that happened to me a few years ago. I was on a mission trip in Canada, and Canada being uh, north, you're, you're closer to the sun. That's a fact. Sun's a little more intense. The air was a little thinner. And we were working at, uh, on this like camp in the middle of this uh, forest, and we were literally clearing uh, trees and cutting them down with chainsaws and removing branches. And in the middle of the day, I realized I had this bottle of water by my side, and then I just kept working forward, working forward, working forward, and I no longer had the water with me. And I just started to kind of feel like a little faint, and my throat started to be dry. It started to get sore. And I ended up getting dehydrated to the point, well, that night I was asleep and I woke up in the middle of the night with every kind of muscle in my legs cramped up to the point where it was just, I, you, you know where you, it's cramped you're like, I need to move it, but I can't move it. And it just felt like knives were all in my legs and my throat began to get more sore. And then I got strep throat at the same time of being dehydrated. And I, I just remember thinking, this is the worst feeling in the world. And ended up getting taken to a clinic and I was introduced to IV bags and I got two of them. And I felt amazing. And that's how dehydration is. It's the point where your fluids are out of your system. You can't function correctly. And until you get hydrated again, until you get liquids or IVs put into your body, if it's that bad of shape, you, you really have a hard time functioning. Most of the time in life, we act and we approach giving and our finances like a dehydrated person. We feel like everything is dried up within us that there's nothing that we can give. You ever felt like that? You ever been to the store and they always ask that question? You wanna give to save children's lives? And you just, no, I don't today, okay? I just, <laughs> or the question like, do you want, we're gonna ask you a couple of questions and the question's always like, will you tip them? And do you find yourself like, what did you, I just walked up here. What did you do that deserves a tip? Real talk, right? We know it, it's just, but we approach this idea of giving our resources or giving to others, sometimes like, oh, I don't have anything to give you. Why are you asking me? And we live in a time where, where that's the case. And I think for, for most of us, we approach this idea of generosity coming from this dry well of experience. So today I wanna flip generosity and actually not make it about us at all, not make it about what we need to do, not make it about step one or step two or step three, but this morning I want to focus on the source of all generosity, and that's God himself. Because I believe that our biggest problem in life is that we feel like we don't have anything to give, and it's not because there isn't anything to give, it's because we're looking inside of ourselves. And as you decide to follow Jesus and he leads your life, you now are tapped into this well of living water that does not run dry. And it gives life, it gives vitality 
And not only that, it gives you this generosity that you have that's not of your own. And so today I want to focus and put the spotlight on God himself so we can realize we don't have to be these people that are cracked and dried and just holding on for dear life, but in fact we can be filled with the goodness and generosity of God so that we can extend that to others. And I believe if we do that as individuals and as we do that as a church, lives will be changed. But oftentimes in life, it's what we focus on that makes the biggest difference. And so I wanna put the focus on God and him and his character and everything that he has to offer. And so here's, here's my premise that I see in scripture and what I've seen in experience is this, that God is the first and the most generous of all givers. There is no giving without God. There's no generosity without God. He initiates giving. He initiated generosity. Anything connected to that comes from this place of God himself deciding that giving is something that would exist in this world. He is the first giver. I did a Google search on like who are the, the most givers in, in the world right now, and here, here's a list of them. And you see all these people, what they, they've given, uh, this is just in one year. And on the list, there are $2 billion. Some people are just giving to charity. So when you want to measure the world's generosity, uh, you, you can look at this list. Now, when you look at this list, is there a part of you that wants to put your face in there and say, I wonder what that would be like to have two billion that you can just give away? It's hard to even imagine. So when you look at this, this is the world standard of the most generous people. And they are very generous. They give a lot of their money away to charity and different causes. But when you look at the list of these people, and if you were to combine it, and multiply it, and multiply it again, and multiply it again. This does not compare to the generosity of God. It doesn't compare. We actually can't even have a category for it because on our terms, all we see is like the dollars and cents in our own accounts. But the financial institutions around us, we, just see, we can just see what we see with our eyes. But with God, there's this infinite, immeasurable amount of what he has given us as humans. And so I want to take the focus on, again, off of not ourselves and not anyone else, but put the focus on God. I want to start in the beginning. And to support, I just want to dig into scriptures on, on how God is the first and he's the most generous of all givers. And I want to go back to the creation found in Genesis 1. This is what it says in Genesis 1. He is the generous creator. In the beginning, God created. Now, that's underlined there. I did that. That's not underlined in your Bibles, but I want to focus on that because in those words... This is that initial gift of giving. In the beginning, God, the initiator, the originator, he created. God himself was not created. Nobody created God. He has always been and he will always be. And so he is the great, generous creator who no one brought into beginning, but he has always existed. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, 
and he separated the light from the darkness. So these are the first four verses in the Bible. The creation of count that begins with, in the beginning, God created. And then you see the first things he created. This, this darkness existed, and he brought light into being. So I just want to kind of focus on this for a little bit. Some, some people in this area, any of you guys lost power, right, in this area the last few weeks? Actually, the last few days, like, there was power gone for about two and a half days. Now, if you've ever lost power, the light and darkness thing strikes you a little bit differently, right? Because if you're like me, you don't think about a light switch until it doesn't work. You don't think about your car battery until you're at, I don't think that's good. It's not starting. We don't think about power until we don't have it. And it's the same with electricity and light. But could you imagine if God was not generous in his creation and his giving, darkness would be all that was. He was there hovering over it. That's all there was. In his generosity, he created light so we could see. In the morning when you go out, could you imagine if it was night every minute of every day? I can't even fathom that. Do you know how depressed we would be? Light does wonders for life. It's this new morning. It's this new beginning. It ushers in this new day. Work can be done. Work can be accomplished. With darkness, it's, you can't see. It's, it's oppressive. And he is the generous creator. I, I did some research on some of the creations. That, now, some of this you're going to think, I wish God would have been less generous on some of the things I'm going to mention. But I don't know if you've ever done a study of beetle species. You ever done that? Here, here's some, isn't that, that kind of freaks me out a little bit. God created 350,000 species of beetles. If I was the creator, I would probably create one and be like, ah, that's good. Why else do you need a beetle? If we're feeling really creative, maybe 50. God created 350,000. And you just look at all those colors. Now imagine those on your bed. No, skin don't. Don't do that. But there's something about God's creation that he took great care. He took great concern. And he just didn't do this simple one-off. He decided he wanted variety. He wanted different functions. And you see that all in creation, all in the animals, all in the species, all in the trees, all in this light. Like you just see it all around. In the creation, life came, and in the life, you see this variety. You see this creative, this generosity. He could have made one, but he made 350,000 species. And multiply those by how many exist of each one. There's a, uh, another species called our nudibranch. looks like this. These are tiny little sea slugs. Now, again, you're like, what? Why? how's that going to benefit my life? I came to Ridgeview today, and I learned that there are sea slugs. But look at that for a moment. That's pretty amazing. You look at the colors and the care of that sea slug. There's 3,000 species of them. They're incredibly colorful, like, like little tiny peacocks that just show off their, their, their individuality, except it's kind of gross at the same time. But this is just happening, something that you don't even see, you don't even realize. It's the ocean floor. All of these things are happening. He also made 
a diatom. These are microscopic algae. There's 20,000 to 2 million species of these. Microscopic algae. On, when they're, they're blown up, you can see this, how different they look. Size, shape, colors. What God is saying is, is look at what I've made. Look at the care that I've taken. Look at the ways in which I've decided to create so that you can see my handiwork, like an artist, the different colors. He's not mailing it in. In the beginning, he did not mail it in. He took care to create and to create and to create. And then there's the universe itself. There's 10 times more stars in the known universe than, universe than grains of sand over the entire earth. 10 times the amount. Our galaxy, anybody know what it's called? The Milky Way, also an average candy bar. It's 100,000 light years in diameter. Sorry, if you like Milky Way, I apologize. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Our fastest spacecraft would take 18,000 years for it to travel one light year. So not only is this God's design and this intelligence and his handiwork, but then you just see it compared to even the earth, and there's something so much bigger than even us. And God created it. Just so we could see that there is this power and authority outside of ourselves. And in his generosity, he created I think about sunsets and sunrises. That's kind of on my level. But have you ever just paused and you see the sunset? And it's one of the most beautiful sights you can see. And I don't know why God designed a sunset to look the way it does, but there's something in my human eyes that when I see it, it causes pause. And then you get your phone out and you don't look at it anymore. You're looking through the phone and you, quite, you lose the effect, but you posted it so everyone now can see it. But there's something about that. It's so easy, just like you turn the light switch on, you just don't think about it. But if you would imagine what it would be like if that did not exist, if it was darkness, everything I've just shown you, we wouldn't know. He is the generous creator. But that's not it. God also, in his generosity, he provides relationships and community. In the creation account, I've talked about some some different microscopic algae and, and different things, but he created us. And he provides relationships and community. In Genesis 2, the next chapter, you find this. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Before this point, there were no humans on the earth until God breathed the breath of life into the first man, Adam. There was no life, no human life. And God chose to breathe the breath of life and life at that point began. And we're here because of that choice that God made in his generosity to make us. Sometimes in like my deep thoughts, my deep philosophical questions, I say, whoa, it'd be really weird to like not exist. And then I wouldn't know like, anything that I know. And I wouldn't be to have that thought about not existing because I wouldn't exist. Whoa. <laughs> but yet, you know, just the fact that 
you can hear and you can think and you can live because God made a choice to make us. Flows out of his generosity. Genesis 2.18, he created relationships and it was with Adam and Eve. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And Adam created Eve. It's the beginning of community. In this context, it was the beginning of actually the marriage relationship between a man and a woman. And through this, you see more of God's generosity because through this, now humans could procreate. Families existed from this beginning decision to breathe life, then to make a helper. And then families began, communities existed, and now we have what we have in this world. People from all different people groups and backgrounds all flowed from this decision of God to breathe life. As a church, we're here because of this. We're a community because it began here at the beginning with God and his generosity. I was thinking about relationships and community of our movie night. Uh, for those of you that, that don't know, we had a huge movie night on Friday night, a big outreach. We showed Toy Story 4, and this, these are people from our community. Now, anytime you're in a crowd, you just you think of a crowd. Oftentimes you think, like, how can I get the good seat in the crowd or the good parking spot, right? Crowds usually mean nuisance. How do I maneuver around the crowd? How do I get around the traffic? How do I get around this herd of people, Right? But out of God's God's generosity, when you see a crowd, it's life, life that he has given. And these are all the people that came. We had over 500 people come to our movie night. See this face? He's smiling. He's about to get some kettle corn. But you think of that. As a community, as a church, we're interacting with our community, and you're seeing people smiling at this coming together, this gathering. This is a gift that flows from God's hand. Community does not exist if it were not for God's generosity. We don't think about that. This is our team after we huddled at the end celebrating what God's done, thanking him. The fact that we can, in a circle, huddle together and talk about what God did goes back to the beginning of the life that God breathed into Adam and Eve and into us, all from God's generous hand. Now, it sounds like it's all going really great. Community exists, relationships, God made us, but as you may know, we were kind of a messed up people, right? Community's actually fractured. Our lives don't always look rosy. There's sin, there's mess. And the fact is, we're, we're independent from God. Even though he's breathed the breath of life, all of us are born into sin, and all of us, we've gone our own way. We've rebelled. And so when you see this and this picture of community, it's this picture of what? can be. But it's also a picture of sometimes what we're lacking. We're lacking it because we're doing our own thing independent of God. And all of us, although he's made us and he's breathed this life, we think that we can sustain our life by ourselves. We don't need him. That's what sin ultimately is. We don't need God. But God, out of his generosity and out of his deep love, he keeps on giving. And he gave us Jesus, his only son, to restore us back to him. That's another theme that you see, and this is the main theme of scripture. He sent his son to rescue 
broken humanity. He created us to relate with him and others. John 3, 16, for God so loved, again, the initiator, generous in his love, the world, that's us, that he made out of his generous hand, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, this is the verse that you see with the signs at the sports games. Because this is the gospel. Although we've sinned and we've gone our own way, God's generosity pours and pours and pours again to us. His one and only son he sent to die to pay the price, to pay the penalty of our independence. His blood was shed for us out of God's generosity and out of his love. He paid the price so we didn't have to. There's another passage in Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So you see this theme from life and creation to redemption. The initiator is God. The power is God's. The work is God's. He is the one that's leveraging all of the generosity poured out to us. When you stop to think of it, you start to question what, what makes us this valuable that somebody would go to this great length to know us. That is God. He loves us that much that even in our independence and even in our rebellion, he will not let us go. And he gives us this gift of grace to call him back to himself. The most generous one gave the most generous gift, Jesus. That's what we celebrate. We have to keep celebrating. If you're a follower of Christ, you can never get to the point where you forget the most generous gift that was ever given, Jesus Christ. Not only that, he, he meets our needs. Philippians 4, I'm not saying this. Now, this is Paul talking, and he's describing his life as a leader and the ups and downs of leadership, the hard things, the good things, the peaks, the valleys, all of this experience. And he's writing saying, like, I'm, I'm not describing all these things because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. So through the ups and downs, I've learned to trust God, to choose contentment. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then verse 13, you've probably heard of before, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And then jump ahead a few verses to 19 right there, you see, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So again, the spotlight, it's easy to focus on ourselves and everything that we're lacking in. What the scripture is saying, shift the light, shine it on the glorious riches of God found in the person of Jesus Christ. So now that the analogy of this living water, which the scriptures talk about, really moved to this unlimited treasure it's this point like you can open this treasure box and you think you're at the end of it and you think at the bottom of it and you keep 
stifling through it and opening it, and it's still there. And you pull out the diamonds and the gold, and there's more, and it just keeps refilling and refilling and refilling. This is the glorious riches found in Jesus. And out of those glorious riches, he will give us what we need. I mentioned that the movie night that we had. Now, how many of you, you, you know, you're, you live in North Fontana and you know that we, we have winds. When we were starting to talk about moving to Fontana and we talked to everyone in the community and we're getting to know people, everyone said, have you ha- experienced the winds yet? It's kind of like the rite of passage for living in this area. Have you had your trash cans full of your recycling blow all over your yard? That's what they're asking. Have you had your easy up blow and break? That happened last week here at church. The winds are a real factor. So as a church, we want to increase our faith. So let's have an outdoor movie night with an inflatable sail of a screen. (laughs) And on Thursday and Friday, we had winds in like 20 to 25 mile an hour. And I am praying hard, hard, God, I don't know how this is going to work. At 12 p.m. on Friday, we group of men got together to figure out how we're going to get this set up and get our hands around all this, and, and it's still windy up to this point. And many people were praying, many people were praying, and I specifically asked God, would you allow the winds to die down at 12 o'clock when we begin to set up? Because I do not know how we're going to blow up this screen and it not literally take men flying like, hey, uh, we'll follow you <laughs> in a car. I didn't know how it was going to go. And so I was kind of sick about it. I was kind of overwhelmed by it because it was this thing that we had sent out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of invitations. Over 3,000 door hangers invited the community. And people began to call us. Are you going to have this because of the winds? Yes, we are. Dear God, allow me to not to be a liar. That's what I found myself saying. So I left my house, which is in Sierra Lakes, right over here by the golf course, and as I'm driving, I'm getting closer, the winds begin to die down. And no joke, as I pull into the parking lot, it is still. And at 12 p.m., the winds subsided. Now some will say, well, according to the weather app, that was supposed to happen. I, I think that was God. Because God knew that he needed, or we needed that to happen. Because if the winds did not die down, we wouldn't be able to put up that screen. And at that moment, the winds died down and we were able to move forward. That's that glorious riches. In your need, God comes through. As you turn to him, you ask for help, God comes through in his generosity. He, he pours it out. Now, I also know this. Because of his generosity, if the winds had maintained, I know we would have figured out another way to do it. Because he would have given us wisdom and insight. So we'd already talked, let's pull up our box truck and we'll just show it on the side of that. Aren't you glad that the winds died down? (laughs) I am, frankly. But that was God. Here's a picture of the screen. Doesn't that just look like, that's like a, that's, that's on ships. That's a sail. That picture was taken at 112, an hour and 12 minutes after. That is God's generosity meeting our needs when we needed it. I'm going to kind of speed up here. He's also the source of every spiritual blessing. You find this in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. If you've not yet read Ephesians, this is a great book for you to start to kind of get your hands around God's character and provision for his people. It's a great book. 
And in the beginning, it starts with this praise, really what I'm talking about. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It goes on. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Do you see the themes? The riches freely given. There was no one guilting God. There was no one leveraging or putting him in this pressure-packed situation. He decided as God himself to do what he wanted to do, free of any control of anyone. It's freely given. The riches open to all who turn to him and believe in him. Again, he's the initiator. And just briefly, I want to highlight just some of these things. Verse 4, he chose us before the foundation of the world. We talked about that. That's that life, that moment of life. He chose us. For those who follow him, we're holy and blameless in Christ. We have this new identity We're adopted into his family. In verse 7, we have redemption, a new start. Forgiveness. In verse 8, rich grace, wisdom, and understanding. Again, God is saying, open up the treasure box and see. You don't have to fill this treasure box with your own. I have plenty. And in the riches of my God's grace, I want to pour this to you. Now, if you decide to follow Christ, the riches of God's grace doesn't translate into you will become rich. But you will be rich in God's grace. And if you're rich in God's grace, you don't have to be rich to be rich. That's the promise. And if you are rich and wealthy in God's grace and in materials, you have it. You will model what God has done and you will extend your resources to others. And you'll be blessed because of it. So again, God's saying, open up the treasure box. Look at the well. It's full of water. It's full of treasures. It will not run out. In the rest of the book of Ephesians This book, again, is is just filled with all these blessings, love and mercy and freedom and boldness, strength and unity. Everything that you would want in your life to make your quality of life something that you would say, this would be the best life I could experience. We all know it's not about money. It's not about materials. In the end, we all know that there's something that we long for that's beyond materialism. What the book of Ephesians is saying is it's found in Jesus And he has everything you need. And not only that, he has everything that you've been looking for. And you can be full. And you can be filled. And as you're filled, it can go on to others. I want to do something a little bit different today. And there's a question I'm asking here. What else can we do but praise him for this generosity? 
I hope, again, this is one sermon, and one sermon, it does not adequately describe the generosity of God. We could spend every Sunday talking about all that he's given, and we still wouldn't have enough time because that treasure box is full and it doesn't empty. But I hope there's enough that you can see through the creation, through meeting of needs, through spiritual blessing, through sending his son Jesus to save and to redeem us, there's a sense in which you can see, okay, wait a second, I am not dehydrated here. There's something that I can tap into that has the living water, and there's something I can open up and get real treasure. There's a, a Psalm 107.1, it says this. This is a command to really the people of God. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is a cry out to the church. This is a cry out to all of us saying, oh, give thanks to him. There's a sense in which you stop, you pause, and you literally thank God for what he's done. But again, sometimes we don't think about it because we're so busy running around on empty, wondering how we could ever give more than we can because of what we have. And so there's a handout in your program that I want to draw your attention to. It's, there's my listening outline, and we have that every week, which kind of has the message notes so you can take notes on. And then there's another sheet today. So there's like a two sheet. Now, some of you were maybe nervous, like, oh, man, this one's going to be a long one. It could be, hopefully not. But on that, that, that other sheet, it, it says this. How can we thank God? How has God been generous with me? It's got Psalm 107. And then it says to list uh, the blessings that God has given. So in a moment, we're actually gonna do that. Just seated where we are. We're gonna just begin to list the things that come to mind out of God's generosity. Now, you may not be yet a follower of Christ. And so you're, you're trying to get your grips. Well, I don't, I don't know exactly what to do or, or what to say. And so you could just pause and wonder, is there anything that you have that could have flown from God's hand to you? And just ask that question. There may be some of you that you've just been running and running and running, and this could be a moment for you to pause and just to really write some things down. So I'm gonna invite the band up. And this is the first next step today. Every Sunday we have next steps, and this is the first one, to list the blessings you've experienced and to thank God. So I wanna start with applying the first next step right here in the service. So the band's gonna play a song. They're gonna sing a song called I Surrender. And you can listen to the words and you can kind of take the time to, to ponder that. But I really wanna encourage you to do is to pause and write down some things that you could thank God for, for the generosity that he's given you. Whatever comes to mind. And write those down. And this can be this idea of, okay, I can see the treasure. I can remember the treasure that, that he's given. So as they play and as they sing, just begin to, to jot that down. After the song's over, I'll wrap it up and then we'll receive our offering. So let's go ahead and pull that out and do that now.
Check. There we go. Thank you, guys. This is a little different. If this is your first time, this is the first time we've ever done that. But there's something about somebody comes up like a pastor and they tell you something. And you begin to maybe chew on that some or agree or not, depending on what you think or where you're at. But there's just some times where you, it's good just in the moment to stop and to pause and so I, I've asked a couple people just to share just the ways that they've experienced God's generosity in their, in their life. And because of time, we're going to just do this very, very quickly. But if, you're, if you'd come and, and just share, what, what's some ways that you've experienced God's generosity? There's a mic up here. It's going to mean you're going to have to stand in front of people, talk on one of these things. But if you could come really briefly and just share that before the church, that's a way that we can give thanks together. At least. 
uh, at moving out to California was a really big faith step, um, and specifically walking away from a community I really love. But honestly, joining Ridgeview has been just this huge answer to prayer um, and has really been just a, a tremendous, generous moment from God for me. Great. Elise just moved here this summer, and so she's fairly new to this area, moving from Texas. So thanks be to God. Yeah. This is uh, Sammy Rangel. Uh, last year, I was looking for a job, and God provided a temporary job uh, just at the right time, and it was for the perfect amount of time. And then right after that, he provided a full-time job, and it's a job that I really enjoy and look forward to doing. And that was just God's kindness to me. Great. Thanks, Sammy. This is uh, Jonathan. Jonathan Hartwell. So uh, I'm self-employed, and uh, there's been several times in the last five years that I felt like God was calling me to move several hours away or several states away from where I was. And uh, every time I've moved, he's provided new customers, new clients, and uh, I just haven't, haven't ever been in want. Great, thank you. And this is uh, Brandon Tucker. So Thursday, we lost power at our house probably like 3 a.m. And uh, the wind was just super duper crazy. And I'm sitting at home and I'm getting ready to, on Friday um, in the morning, I'm, I'm just getting ready, everything for the movie in the park. And... I'm looking outside, and the wind is just tearing up my house. And I'm thinking, man, are we going to do this? Are we going to go through with this movie in the park? And I was just doubting, doubting everything. Um, and like Alex said earlier, when we showed up at noon, the wind subsided. And later that evening, 600 people, 500 people, somewhere in that window came to watch the movie in the park. And uh, I will never doubt God again on that. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, bro. You want to share charity? Yeah, don't. <laughs> I have a long list, so I'm just going really to... When I, when I get closer, that means wrap it up, okay? So okay. I'll, stand, I'll stand back here, <laughs> and then as I get closer, that's your cue. never hugged me before. <laughs> okay, um, I just want to say that Ridgeview actually, I mean, it's been amazing for me. Um, you know, I found this church through the pastor's son, in a park when I was homeless, and uh, that was quite the experience. I had a black eye that day and all of that. I don't know if you guys all heard the story, but black eye, here's Jude. Hi, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. You should go to our church one day. Yeah, I probably should. (laughs) We'll wrap it up. Um, I came, and I never stopped coming. I mean, I love this church, and I just thank God for that. I thank him for my salvation. I thank him for this church. I thank him for the pastor and his wife and everybody here. Um, it's just been a blessing for me. Um, and also from being homeless to having a home. So, and everything else. I mean, my list is from birth. My life, my, my parents, my grandparents, my salvation, um, being saved, um, being baptized by Pastor Alex about a month ago. And just um, God is so good. You just let him into your life. He, he does, takes care of everything else. So thank you. Thank you. Man, Charity, you got me. St- I started to cry. <laughs> um, this is what God does. He is real. 
and he's alive and he changes lives. And that flows out of his love and generosity to us. As a church, we exist because of him. We are sustained by him. We move forward because of him. And every day that we have life, it's because of him. And so I hope this morning just gives you a chance to just recognize the greatness and the generosity of God. And my prayer is for all of us this week that they will continue. We'll wake up and just as we have breath in our nostrils tomorrow morning and on Tuesday and on Wednesday, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, We're gonna wrap up by receiving our offering and then singing one closing song. Uh, Pablo had you fill out the connection card. If you've not yet filled that out, finished, go ahead and do that. You're gonna drop that in the offering. If you have a prayer request, I'd love to pray for you this next week. And so go ahead and uh, write that on the lines down there. If this is your first time and I've not met you yet, I'm gonna be by the info table and I'd love to to meet with you. So thank you guys so much for being here. Let, Let me pray and thank God. God, I thank you for your your kindness and generosity to us. Like Charity said, from the moment we were born to here, you have never left us. You continually have pursued us. You've poured your kindness on us. You've sustained our life and you've given us things that we do not deserve. And your grace is unmerited favor in the sending of your son. We will spend rest of eternity thanking you for him. And God, I pray if there's anyone here that has not yet decided to follow you, that they will open up the generous gift of following Jesus for the first time. If there's no one, if there's somebody here that is just trying to figure out where to move forward and they they feel stuck, I pray that today you will meet them right where they are and you will give them a little glimpse and a picture of the glorious riches found in your son. So God, we honor your name, we praise your name, and we thank you for being the most generous and the first giver. We praise your holy name. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.